Kids, they give us some of the greatest stories, don't they? I, we, you know, a few of the chuckles and the fun things we got to see as they uh, are figuring out where to stand. And, and uh, the moms are handing the phones to the dads with the long arms so they can get the picture from the back, right? That's super handy. But uh, kids, kids do give us a lot of good stories, and uh, we're glad that they came up and told the Christmas story. And you have to know, these kids, they know Jesus. We're teaching them about Jesus and, and uh, their Savior and who their Heavenly Father is, uh, the Creator of everything. And uh, we're putting that stuff into them every week, amen, just like you guys are at home, and we're excited to see them kind of grow and blossom and be excited about knowing God and hearing from heaven, and it's exciting for them. So uh, we're glad that you're here. But I do want to tell you a little bit of a kid's story because uh, we, always, we always have some of our best stories from uh, kid stories. And uh, my little one, my three-year-old, the uh, Virgin Mary over here, she, uh, she went to Best Buy with her mama not too terribly long ago when she got a new radio. My wife got a new radio, and she was having it installed in the car. And uh, <clears throat> if you don't know this about Best Buy, if you're in the... Uh, the install area of Best Buy where you're going to get your radio installed, it's locked from the rest of the building from both sides. Uh, my wife did not know that when she went in there and the three-year-old stayed out. And so my three-year-old is in Best Buy with my wife behind the glass telling her to come here and try to coax her gently back to the door. And then she, as she continued to back away from the door, mom started to get a little more, uh, em, uh, with more emphasis on coming back over here. You've seen those mom faces. You get over here right now. And my three-year-old, knowing somehow intuitively that she is locked between her mother, is just giving her the pointer fingers and dancing back, doing this. She's like, I see you, but you can't get to me. It was one of those moments where Cody's like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) I can't get to her. And she's wandering around the store, giving me the smiley face and the winks and the thumbs up. What do you do? But I think uh, it's a good lesson for us because... You know, as, as human beings, um, we kind of put God behind the glass sometimes. We just wait uh, until we really need him to go find him. And he's there. We know he's there. He's, he's showing himself to us all the time in his creation and in people around us. And yet we keep him kind of locked behind closed doors until we absolutely have to go after him. And God wants to have a relationship with us. That's his heart. It's his desire is to not have a religious tradition on the calendar, but to have a relationship with his creation. He created us to know him, to talk with him, to fellowship with him. And so I'd encourage you this morning to think about what that means, that the creator of the planets and the stars cares about each and every one of us. It's really amazing. You know, John 3.16 is a, a really familiar verse to all of us. We see him in football games and baseball games. It's probably the most quoted verse of all time. But truly, the, the simplicity of it is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And then verse 17 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Jesus might be saved. That's his heart and his, his hope for all of us is that we come to know Jesus as our Savior and our Lord, that we not leave this life without making that choice to say yes to him, yes to God, because this life's short. If you've lived on this planet for any length of time at all, you find out life's real short, isn't it? I mean, just this last week just went right by, didn't it? So we've got to recognize God's trying to get, his, get our attention. He also said that he pays attention so closely to us that each and every one of us He knows at any given moment how many hairs are on our head. Think about that. The God of planets and stars knows each and every one of us in this room, and not just this room, but the whole city, the whole county, the whole state, the whole country, the whole world. 
each and every one of us, he knows how many hairs you have on your head. Some of those counts are a lot easier than others. I'll just give you that. But we know he knows how to count because there's a book called Numbers in the Bible. But he cares about us. He's not forgotten you. He's not missing out. He knows exactly where you're at and what's going on, and he wants to be your Lord and your Savior. <clears throat> he said in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And I'm going to tell you, God gets a bad rap. Sometimes he gets blamed for a lot of different stuff that wasn't his fault, that he didn't cause, he didn't do. You got, guys, any, anybody of you raised any kids, right, or grandkids or seen some kids be raised? Come on, you've walked in on a couple of kids and go, what are you doing? And what usually happens? He did, right? There's always this finger pointing. And you got to understand, we live in a world where there's a lot of stuff going on, and God's getting the blame for a lot of it. And it's not his fault. God loves you, and he cares for you. And he sent his son to die for you so that you could have relationship and fellowship with him. We have to understand that God is so good to us. He's so good to us. I know we have a lot of why questions, times like this, times of the season. We have why questions. Why did this happen? Why um, did this person leave? Why did someone die early? Why? Why? Is this happening to me? Even a question like, is there really a God? And we have to look just intelligently at the things around us and understand that, you know, there's so much intelligent design in what we see and what we view. You know, you would laugh at me if I took my cell phone out and just laid it up here and said, now how, how many millions of years would it take for this to just form itself and to bring all the components together and the, the electronics and make it all work together with the screen and the cover and everything and then have it turn on and actually do something and function? How many millions of years would it take? For that to happen, we would say it would never happen. And yet, we're taught, we're told that that's how we came into being and into existence. And yet, DNA, the construct of life, the actual instruction book for life, is so intricate and so detailed, and it, and it makes every single thing we can see, right? Animals, chickens, pigs, cows, ducks, grass, flowers, trees, humans, we all have DNA, and it's so int intricately designed that it made you and me like it or love it. It made you and me. There is a creator and an intelligent designer. So we're going to answer some of these why questions when we come into the new year. I think those are good questions to ask. We all have why questions. We're going to go into a series of why and answer some of these questions biblically. What is going on in the earth? What's happening? What, why are these things happening? And to understand that there's a plan and a process and a purpose that God has for us, but he is not behind evil. He's not behind destruction and killing. He's a good God. And he loves us and he has a good plan for our life. And it's so important that we recognize that. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come to me, all you who are struggling and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come on, it's just, it feels good to take a nap once in a while, doesn't it? Anybody, any nap lovers in here? Come on, once in a while, you just, you gotta just close those eyes, right? And God said, man, sometimes you've got stuff burdened on you and you're struggling with stuff. He said, Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. Jesus said that. This is not a struggle. This life, the Christian life following Jesus, is a rest. And it does take some learning and growing to understand. It does take some practice to learn how to rest in what God has done for us. But he wants us all to rest. It feels good to rest. Amen? I'll tell you another story about um, my three-year-old, who was once two. <sighs> two years old. Those are fun days. Somehow, I was bamboozled into allowing my wife to leave for the weekend. I'm not really sure how she got that past me, but she left all three girls on the weekend. So on Sunday morning, 
I get to be right here, right? And I got three girls to get ready. Now that is a trick right there. I am not sure how she pulls that off. But we were getting ready and we were prepping and, and uh, getting closer. And I hear from my daughter's room, kind of under the door, she yelled it under the door, three words no parent ever, ever, ever wants to hear. And she said, Daddy, I pooped everywhere. <laughs> so my mind went exactly where your mind just went, right there. I saw murals and powder-coated crib rails, and I'm like, Jesus, take the wheel right now, because this is not going to be good. And so I went in there to check, and it turns out she was just reiterating phrases that we have said to her, like, this is everywhere, and it wasn't as bad as I had thought, but the worst, the worst came to my mind. And I was grateful in that moment uh, that it wasn't as bad as it thought, but um, it's interesting that um, you know, I'm, star- I'm thinking of that situation before I go in there, and I, I built this house with my own hands. And I'm thinking, I might have to burn this place down and start all over. Because <laughs> there's no way with my wife gone. But she, it, was, it was okay. And, you know, it's interesting that um, our kids can, can say these things and it just be so concerning at the moment until we really step in there and look and go, okay, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. And, you know, we don't come to God when we're, in a, when we're all cleaned up and showered and pretty. And, you know, it's, it's, it's almost comical. It's like she, she was two, you know. She did make a mess, but she couldn't clean herself up. And even if she tried, it would still be a mess. I had to go in there and help her. I had to, I had to come alongside and, and help clean up the mess. And this is what our God wants to do for us. We, without him, we, we just have a mess. We do. I mean, there's some parts of our lives that we can figure out, but man, to trust in him and just come to him, just a mess and say, I can't, I can't do it, right? Utter those three words to him. (laughs) He wants to clean us up. He wants to help us. His desire for us is to live a good life, follow after him, go through the storms. Come on, he never promised that we wouldn't have any troubles or trials. He said, I will be with you through it all, through it all. Don't do it on your own. Allow him to clean us up. That's why we come to him. We come to him messy and dirty and tired and weary and in our own sin. And we just say, I can't do it anymore, Lord. Take, take me, clean me up, help me. Help me to be who you created me to be. Because he did create you to be someone. He created you specifically and on purpose to do something. And it's awesome. It's awesome. Jesus said this in Revelation 3.20. He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. Jesus wants to fellowship with you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to come in and dine with you. But you notice that when he stands at the door and knocks, on the outside of this door, there's no handle. From Jesus' position where he stands, when he's knocking on the door, This is a famous picture, all different versions of it. He stands at the door of our heart and he knocks. And he's gentle and he's kind and he's patient. But there is no handle on the outside of the door to your heart. It must be opened from within. And if you'll open that door, he will come in. But as long as you keep the door shut, he will stand there patiently. And he'll wait. Because he desires to come in and spend time with you and fellowship with you and be a part of your life. That's God's desire for us. But he will stand at that door and he'll wait. So I'm encouraging you this morning 
Don't wait another minute. Don't waste another second without God. He loves you. He has a good plan for your life. He wants to know you personally. I'm not talking about a religion. I'm not talking about joining anything. I'm talking about being a part of the family of God and saying yes to the Jesus who came and laid down his life. He died and shed his blood for all sin for all time so that we don't have to die in our own sin and pay the price ourselves for the penalty of sin. Jesus paid it for you. And that's the travesty of the world that we live in, that people are dying without accepting Jesus, and they will have to come before the Lord and make the required price and pay the required price of their own for the sin that they had in their lives. They have to pay their own price. Jesus paid it for you. Don't miss another opportunity to let Jesus be the Lord of your life. Will you pray with me? 